Why am I so much better at pour over and I'm terrible at French press? <laughs> French press is harder than it seems, man. You think you, you, know, you just pour it in, but it's a process, man. I wouldn't. I, I, yeah, I would say I'm, I think I'm impatient when it comes to that shit. Yeah, it takes a minute. The faster you press it, the better it is. Really? <laughs> like you just yeah. got to hit it, send it home. <laughs> yeah, no, he's going to explode his French press. <laughs> Welcome to Two Dollars Steak, a loving professional wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Varnum. Joining me today, as always, Tolbert. Family. (laughs) (laughs) Cookie. You think you know me. You think you know me. You think you know me. (laughs) And commemorating the one-year anniversary of my girlfriend cutting off the tip of her finger. Oof. Big Mike. Fuck. That's how it went. Mike, um, yesterday was the one-year anniversary, 365 days of my girlfriend using a mandolin, calling me while I was walking around Greenfield Lake and saying, babe, I think you need to come home. I did something, and there's blood everywhere. (laughs) I come home, and her fingertip had been cut off. I call Mike, and Mike says, "Uh, I mean, I mean, just wrap it, I guess." Or I no, said, you I could. Said you should probably go to the fucking medac because you called me. It was like nine thirty. I said they close at eleven. No, 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 no. I called at seven thirty. We left at seven forty-five. The medac closed at eight because Either it was way, all it was, full. I knew COVID it was close. Uh, Mike, what did you do today? Um, so I was prepping, doing my prep. Tolbert knows all about prepping uh, for your gumbo. So I was cutting up all my vegetables, and I was cutting up some celery stalks, leaves and all, and my finger. I lost track of where my fingers were because the leaves were over top of it. And luckily, the knife was sharp. I only nicked the the end of it. Ooh, kind of ooh see, yeah. You leveled it, off. leveled it off there. Yeah, so I'm going to have one of those, like, pointy nails for a little bit. Um you know, it's it, hard it to get gumbo unless yeah, you yeah. add a fingertip to the mirepoix. Well, and that's where, like, you know, I was like, man, do I have to scrap all this? And I said, fuck it, nah, because nope. I'm th- that roux is going to be like 300, 400 degrees when I when I go ahead and throw it all in there. Um, we did find the piece of the finger though, and throw that away. We wanted to make sure that oh. wasn't that in the food. Um, Seriously? It, it great. What? <laughs> what? What? How? How much of the fingertip can we? Can we? Can you show it over the zoom real quick? Yeah, if I had to guess, oh. it was definitely <laughs> yeah. a couple millimeters. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's a good video of it. You yeah, it I mean it's it's definitely not rounded on the inside of my hand anymore. Um, very much flat, but that's what a good sharp knife will do. Clean cut, got it to stop bleeding pretty quickly. Got a uh, got some liquid bandit on it that felt fucking terrible when I put it on because. Uh, like I was telling you, Aaron, the nerves underneath your fingernail only really get exposed to pressure and occasional temperature. So when you throw something crazy and wild at it, they have no idea how to react and they're hypersensitive. Kind of like when you get an exposed nerve root in your teeth. Um, it, it literally felt like I, I stuck my finger on the oven or the stovetop. Well, that's good. Yeah, but you know what? 
I was able to finish, ironically enough, afterwards I had to cut jalapenos. So I made sure to keep that fingertip away from those. Oh God. Finished all that. And then I had to manage the bread dough that I was proofing and try to roll that out with one hand and get it situated. But I think we're going to, we're going to persevere through this and uh, we're going to have a good dinner tonight. So Coincidentally, time, and sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was just saying, so last time it was snowing, like, like it, well, it's not snowing, but last time we had a, a winter storm, uh, I was making chili and shoved the top of uh, a tomato can uh, almost to the bone of my thumb. So uh, I've been really careful this year. So that was, that was last year. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems to be a common theme around here. Well, I, I was just going to say that this, this, you know, all this blood kind of goes into the theme of our professional wrestling that we're going to talk about today, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Mike, anything else this week? Um, busting out my uh, handyman, Howard Varnum would be proud. We got cabinets in that finally came in after a couple months. And in order to continue this process of partly renovating our kitchen, we had to get the cabinets mounted um, so that they come measure for the countertops. Well, the guy we had hired to do it got COVID and then my wife was freaking out and all this sort of stuff. I was like, oh, I'll just do it. Like I can do it. She didn't trust me so far. So good. Going to hang the rest of them today. Um, but I got to buy some new tools, so that was cool. Did, did you buy real tools, or did you get a Harbor Freight? Um, I bought a couple Harbor Freight things because um, a T-square and a measuring <laughs> stick are all the fucking same. Um, I did go to Home Depot and purchase a multi-tool, which is really fun, so I could plunge cut uh, my baseboards. And A uh, multi-tool like a Dremel? No, it's, a multi, it's called a multi-tool. You can do plunge cuts or flush cuts. Um, you can cut drywall with it. You can make it a sander. It's pretty neat. It oscillates. Oh, okay. All right. Well, anyways. Two dollars. I yeah, I'm sure he would. I, I think he does have a multi-tool, but he also has like all the like hand tools from the pre uh you know electricity time. I did think about buying an actual miter box at Harbor Freight. So I could when I do have to do the trim, I'll make a decision on that because Currently, Nate is storing my gigantic miter saw, and I don't really feel like having him bring it back to my house just to do a little trim work. So you're giving him your miter saw? Uh, no, he's he's currently just storing it at his house. We were both aware that it is my saw. Nate uh, is the guy that, like, if you need storage, you go to his house, apparently. It, it's the it's the community chest of, of tools. We, we Tolbert lives in the area. We all live here kind of close by that we borrow stuff. Yeah, but Tolbert's like Homer Simpson. All of his stuff has got uh, Mike Mauer's name uh-uh, on it. Uh-uh. I got my own tools, buddy. I've got a miter saw. I've got an air compressor. I've got nail guns, man. I, I've got my own arsenal, Varnum. Don't trip. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> don't trip. You said, don't play me. Don't play me, Varnum. <laughs> they match, too. It's all all red. Oh, good, good, good. So it doesn't have Ned Flanders uh, written on the side. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, Tolbert, uh, this week I got to meet your beautiful baby girl. Uh, yes, and she was very sweet. Her eyes wide open, uh, not sleeping. Tolbert, tell me a little bit about her not sleeping. Is that is that she's, becoming a problem? She's not a fan of the sport. Um, <laughs> she's uh I think she got a little too much of me in her and she's got constant FOMO. Um, she doesn't want to miss out on anything. Uh, once she starts to go to sleep, she will physically tense her body uh, to wake herself up. <laughs> um, 
but you know, she's, she's three weeks old is to be expected, but, uh, you know, we, we weren't getting any sleep at night, but now she's switched. She's finally found that circadian ry- rhythm. So she's sleeping through the night, but likes to stay up all day. Um, which I like to stay up all night and sleep during the day. So right. <laughs> it's been a, been a challenge, but it's good. She's about Don't to get disappointed, uh, Tolbert. Um, that will change. She'll stop sleeping through the night again. <laughs> yeah that's what i hear that's what i hear she's about to get uh, a bath a fully submerged bath she loves those she tries to swim away that makes her very happy so uh wait fully submerged like a baptism oh no you don't dunk their head you got this little infant chair you put them in you know and you fill up the tub and you put them in there and they kick their legs and get all happy and stuff you know she loves it did i ever tell you i think i think maybe we've mentioned this before but i was terrified of being baptized as a child because my uncle roger told me that they hold you underwater and recite the Lord's prayer, the entire Lord's prayer, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. And if they mess up, they start over. <laughs> you practice in breathing exercises, yeah. like a free diver about to go in. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Roger's like, and if they mess up, they start all the way over while you're under. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm like, would the preacher really mess up the Lord's prayer? It's pretty common knowledge at this point. I was, I was very hungover when I got baptized because I was eight. I think uh, and I'd been out all night with my friends and I was just like reeked of booze. <laughs> you, you do know your mother does listen to this podcast. I know. But, uh, <laughs> we might've said the magic word. She might've already turned it off. Yeah. I wouldn't even have gotten baptized if it weren't for my grandma dying. You wanted to see your grandson's soul saved before she wow. passed away. <laughs> I think that I, and, and this is honestly, I was at a, I was like 10 years old and I, we went, I had a really good friend invited me to go to vacation Bible study with him. And I, you know, we went to Methodist Bible study Methodist Bible studies, a lot more laid back and kind of chill. This was a Pentecostal vacation Bible school. And since I was a Methodist, they were like, this guy's a little bit, you know, He's unclean. He, he needs to be <laughs> scared a little bit. Yeah. They gave me this Bible tract that was one of the most terrifying things ever. And it has like this heavy, like you open it up and it's like the wages of sin is death. And it's this heavy metal like photo of like the devil, like killing somebody. And it's like that it scared the crap out of me. And, you know, you're reading this and. I'm like, I need to be saved like right now. I'm 10 years old. And my mom's like, I don't think you need to be saved right now. You're fine. And no, no, no. I, I took the altar call at this Pentecostal uh, Bible study, vacation Bible school, which is supposed to be fun. Like at Methodist, it's like you have an ice cream Sunday and you learn about Daniel and the lion's den. You know, at the Pentecostal, it's like you learn about how you're going to hell. And it scared me so much. Hi, Ava Rowe. <laughs> she's she's making she's uh she's podcast bombing she's and she looks very happy to be here not really but, uh, say hey everybody <laughs> still working on that head control <laughs> i'll tell you ava Rowe was very sweet the entire time it was snuffy that wouldn't shut up yeah, yeah. <laughs> well because you brought the delicious indochine takeout Delicious Indochine, which Jasmine made me throw out the leftovers. I felt like Homer Simpson and the giant sandwich today because it had been three days and it was taking up room in our fridge. Oh, you got anything to say, baby? 
No. <laughs> Riveting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tolbert, anything else uh, this week? No. Oh, I, wait, I, wait, Tolbert. You did have your uh, annual Christmas party. Tell me how the Christmas party was. Oh, oh, yeah. We had the Cape Fear employee party. I almost forgot about that. Um, yeah, I did get an extra day off this week. We uh, one day a year, we usually do it a couple of days after New Year's, but got pushed back a little bit this year because of COVID and such. But um, yeah, we shut down the bar for a day. Everyone gets time to spend time with each other and friends and family. You know, when you work in a, a staff like that, you don't always get to drink with each other because everyone works opposite shifts. So it's a very rare thing. Everyone sits down together. So we hire a bartender, open bar, the whole deal. Um, sounds like a super spreader. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're all vaccinated and responsible, uh, uh, service staff, but, um, you know, very small party. Um, but, um, good stuff. Got a couple hours in, um, my daughter had a little, uh, dental procedure done earlier that day. Uh, so thankfully I got a couple hours to spend there, but, uh, I came home pretty lit though. And, uh, Wife was not too happy because I had to sleep on the couch and I couldn't help with the baby, but had a good time. <laughs> Did anybody get spine busted or power bombed? Like not last this time? year. Wrestling has been strictly prohibited uh, since the DDT incident at Cape Fear Wine and Beer, uh, which a friend of mine, I, I still don't know why, but got full on. Uh, snap DDT uh, and the security. Did I ever show you the security footage? Yes. It is, it's brutal. Um, yeah. Ended up with. Who did? Uh, which, oh, <laughs> I don't want to name. Oh, okay, fair enough. I don't want to name. I was hoping it was going to be you, Tobert. Uh, I, I did not. I did not DDT oh. my friend. I watched my friend get DDT. Cookie, I, we're not going to tell you who did it, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it love it okay but, uh, yeah copious amounts of booze and play wrestling usually don't go well together therefore it has been strictly banned uh, <sighs> from and we're all getting older now too you know so uh, you were old to but like when you yeah, guys this was got, only two years ago yeah, <laughs> don't even act like you like <laughs> hey i've had time to mature much time has passed mm-hmm so, so Tolbert, I see you're drinking a beer. Are you going to have to dump today before you? Uh... I, I, I'm drinking a, a Michelada. So it's a beer with a little Bloody Mary mix in there. Um, but no, you're gonna I have to dump have to before you, uh, you, you breastfeed. No, all natural. I do it. Very, I'm very European the way I'm raising my child. <laughs> see, I'm learning all this stuff. Jasmine, instead of listening to $2 Stake, a pro wrestling podcast, listens to all these birthing podcasts, uh, Australian, New Zealand. Uh, mamas. I'm yeah. a fan. And and it's and it's always I I will be, you know, playing my PlayStation 5 and she'll be preparing dinner and all I hear is like is he tore popping? me open from from butthole to vagina and I was torn open and and I'm like, "Oh god." We're going to we're going to add Pollination Mamas this week on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of the pod. <laughs> Keep the content going. It's uh, great. Thanks. They have, they have some good recipe tips and stuff too. But oh, good, good, yeah. wholesome, wholesome, wholesome listening. Bone broth is the key to healing. <laughs> Bone broth. Uh, thank you, uh, Tolbert. Uh, Cookie. Yes. So, as as a newly ordained preacher, we talked about this last week. You have certain things you got to do, and uh, 
so, but you're also going to be a part of the bachelor party. Uh, this yeah. bachelor party, not in any of the cool places like Las Vegas, uh, Miami, New York City. Nope. Like I'm thinking of cool places that you could go for a bachelor party. Charleston, Asheville, Charleston, Asheville. Uh, instead, Texas. you are going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, one question before anything else. Are you going to go see Andy Williams in concert? Andy Williams. <laughs> see, and, and you, you probably just dated me because I don't know who Andy Williams is. Exactly. He sang Moon River. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I will not be going to go see him. Um, you know what? Bobby is a very low-key person. So he said, you know what? Instead of going to all these other places, I even offered, you know, Salt Lake City. We can go snowboarding and stuff like that. I was like, we can go to Colorado snowboarding again. He <laughs> you said, just no, said man, that so you didn't have to buy a plane ticket. Well, well, Colorado, yeah, <laughs> Colorado for sure. Um, are your are your fans uh, are, are friends fans of the the Confederacy, the Civil War? Are y'all gonna go to some reenactments? Maybe see a battlefield. Uh, I want you to know that uh, we're we're a melting pot of friends. Like we have like a couple of we got a couple of Hispanic guys. We got some some Middle Eastern cats, black kids, and white kids. We got a whole. You know, a whole smorgasbord of ethnicities right. coming in. Well, you and, will uh, see Confederate flags. Just um, they're yeah. going to be there. <laughs> You'll also yeah. see. Um, yeah. I, so so Gatlinburg no it, 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 is basically Myrtle Beach of the mountains. Oh, God, Jesus. Don't say that. Are you, but, are you messing with me? Or are you being serious? No, I'm dead serious. Gatlinburg oh. and Myrtle Beach have a lot of the same attractions. You guys can go to Ripley's Believe It or Not in Gatlinburg, which is always a fun trip. Uh, you can go to any uh, various country music shows of like people. I, I like I can't even think about it right now. Probably people that Travis grew up listening to. Yeah, I was just saying it's either people that didn't make it or on their had been on their way down for a long time. Yeah, if Joe Diffie did not pass away from COVID, God rest his soul, <laughs> he probably would be performing in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. <laughs> Aaron, do you think there will be some uh, some down home wrestling in Gatlinburg? That Tennessee? actually, you, you know, Gatlinburg is is pretty close. I think to Kingsport, Tennessee. And Kingsport is the home of some of the greatest Southern wrestling ever. Oh, wait a minute, Cookie. Cookie, uh, so you are going to be in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Let's talk a little bit. I, I got to do some research real quick. I have to make sure uh, I might make you guys come to uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Let me see how far of a drive that is so you can see the Rock and Roll Express. Against oh, on their farewell tour. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so yeah, next week I will be going there, and I don't know what to expect, boys. Uh, because Aaron, or sorry, not Aaron, sorry, Bobby. Like I said, he's a pretty low key guy, so he's not really want to do much. He's kind of just want to be inside, drink, you know, engage in some some typical behaviors. But you guys have been to bachelor parties. What are some things that I could do with Bobby that could be fun? You can pay for a stripper, <laughs> fondle him. Uh, you can 
Are, are we taking notes here? Like, so, so what? What are his interests? It's Bobby. So his interests are his girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> and um, let's see here: video games, Magic: The Gathering, and wrestling. But so what like you do, amateur you get, wrestling. You hire some strippers to play <laughs> gathering with him. It'll be great. You know what? Uh, Barman uh, Mike got me for my bachelor party was a lap dance. Two chicks, same time. It was epic. I mm. did not. I was not a part of that. <laughs> did you not go to the treasure club? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember Mike being at the treasure club. I think we. I think we pulled a bunch of money from everybody. I'm pretty sure you did give money for it, Aaron. I did. I did. I gave some money, but then I was like, "Yeah, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm gonna go sit in the hot tub." But yeah, Cookie Magic Gathering strippers. Play some 64 afterwards, dude. Epic evening. 64. That's well brained. Yeah, not 69. That's uh, that's a that's, that's, no. That's a, that's lot a different more, Nintendo lot system. <laughs> Nintendo 69. Don't forget the Rumble packs. So oh, can, yeah, can I um wh- while while we're talking about this, I'm gonna look up some of the top uh tourist attractions for Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Now Gatlinburg is pretty close to Pigeon Forge which is Dollywood. Have you guys ever been to Dollywood? Never been to Dollywood. Has, has anyone else been to Dollywood? I have, yes. How is Dollywood? It's uh, redneck. Uh, it, it's very redneck uh, Disney World. Yeah, just picture oh. it in your head, Cookie. You got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's basic. <laughs> Imagine the Carolina Beach boardwalk just bigger uh yes okay i'm, I'm with it now God according to trip you could go to the sugarlands distilling company that that looks pretty nice uh all of these are basically uh distilleries there is a ripley's aquarium of the smokies mm. uh, you can go to this has got a bunch of catfish in it yeah <laughs> Everything is basically uh, you can go to the Rowdy Bear Mountain Coaster, which actually looks pretty cool. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. A singular roller coaster. That's it. OK. Yeah. The Rowdy Bear is also a popular bar after uh, after hours. I hear you can go to the Hollywood Star Cars Museum and it's got its own Ecto-1 Ghostbuster uh, mobile. Probably from the original movie. Yeah, Gatlinburg is not the most exciting yeah. place to go. It'll be beautiful. The Gatlinburg is like more of a family thing than a an old conservative family thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really this. explored the world. Hey, yeah. listen, man. The, hey, you know you're gonna have a fun time. That's all you gotta do. Just yeah. go get drunk with your friends. Exactly. exactly. You may get some weird Colorado looks. legal stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know oh, if uh, I think marijuana is probably frowned upon in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh, probably, but you know, you know, we'll we'll make it work. We'll yeah, see okay. what happens. All right. So, but it, uh, what I what, what I will say is, like, Bobby's a very frugal person, and uh, I know some other people in this in this chat are frugal people as well. So, just Mike, you know, we're just oh, is it just Mike? I'm just poor. Mike. I, 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 
Oh, I thought it was Aaron. I thought it was. Have Aaron. you ever been out with me and Aaron before? <laughs> Are you oh, kidding yeah, me? I spend true. money like it's like nothing. That's true. Yeah, never mind. Look at the WCW sign behind your head. This I know. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Aaron spend sixty dollars on Boomalati's delivery. Yeah. Sixty dollars? God yeah. damn, Aaron! I one time <laughs> spent fifty dollars on fudge because I wanted a piece of fudge. He buys like. Have you ever been on a rugby trip with him? He buys like little toys at the gas station. <laughs> Oh God, that's right. I, that's right. That's right. Remember the little belt that you bought on, yeah. on our way to quarantine? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not never frugal mind. at all. Yeah, never mind. Okay, it's just Mike. I apologize. Forget what you I'm got saying. kids. <laughs> all right, so I, I feel like Barnes is fill, filling time right now because he, he gave us all four minute matches. Yeah, they're very quick matches, <laughs> and, and we will talk about these matches right now. Uh, last week on the podcast, we uh, we we had an episode. Who was our episode about? Terry uh, Funk. We had a Terry <laughs> Funk episode. <laughs> of course, the the you know the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Uh, so this week we had an Edge. Uh, decided to do Edge. Everybody <laughs> likes Edge. Edge is an interesting wrestler. He's fun, exciting, young, great looking guy. Um, so this week, we have some Edge matches. Let's talk about Edge. All right, for the first matchup of the evening, Big Mike, you have got one Adam Copeland against uh, Drax the Destroyer and the Undertaker. Correct. This occurred Armageddon pay-per-view, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, December 16th, 2007. World heavyweight title match. Um, we got Cole and Taz on the commentary. I feel like Adam, not Adam Cole, goddamn. Uh, Michael Cole is, uh, he's that kind of like, he's, he's really good at what he does, but I don't know, I just, he never does anything for me. Like, he's just kind of a bear to kind of get the story going where it needs to go. I love Taz on commentary. He sounds so much better with his current teams that he works with. Him and Cole were okay, but not great. Um, apparently, this is a no DQ match. I didn't find this out until like halfway through the match. Um, so uh, WWE has this weird thing about triple threats. If it is a triple threat match, automatically makes it a no DQ. Okay. So that was universal, but I could be wrong. I, I honestly, I have no idea. Um, they don't really go over the rules. The match actually really just the video cuts right to the beginning of the match. I was a little disappointed because you get you have three of some of the best ring entrances going for it. When Aaron asked what match I wanted, I kind of said this one because I thought we were going to get the Undertaker gong and the Batista machine gun. Mike, you would have complained about a 30 minute link though. No, I, I watch those openings on uh, freaking YouTube all the time because they're, they're great. So a little bit of disappointment to start, and that trend slightly carries through the rest of the way. Um, so we, it starts out, Edge is like, does not want to get in the ring. It's Batista and Undertaker. They're ready to go. They, wanna, they want this to happen. Edge is just kind of hanging out, avoiding things. Um, several times, somehow Undertaker makes it his way outside the ring, Batista either threw him or he slid out. And then that's when Undertaker goes after Edge. I think he chokeslammed him once, beat him up pretty good on the inside. Um, Edge finally gets in the ring. It does, starts doing a little bit of work. We get a 
early spear attempt by Edge. I really appreciated this, but it's, Batista's move is a spear too, correct? Yeah. So like the spear is almost like a, like a move that they give to people that aren't really great except for edge, which always, it always was kind of weird for me. Cause I think edge is like a, a, a good worker. I, I never knew really yeah. knew why he also did the spear, but either, I mean, they're, they're different types of spears. Um, which is kind of cool. Edge is like a whole body spear. Batista is more like a football spear. Correct. Yes. Um, but Batista, being the spear aficionado that he is, knows how to counter a spear attempt. So he kind of baits Edge into the spear and then just punts him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's exactly what needs to happen. Um, and then this is this is going to be kind of the trend also throughout this match. Is um, all of a sudden they mention how Vicky Guerrero, the GM, I did that. Okay, didn't know that ever happened. Incredible. Um, the but best also, character work of her life. Also, Edge's lover. Yes, an incredible storyline. Might have felt that. Uh, and again, Michael Cole's really good at like giving us the information we need. I, I'm at a loss. I don't what can like what ha, like what is this storyline? I need to know more about this. What what happened? What, what what's the deal? So Vicky Guerrero was named the general manager. I believe it was of SmackDown. Yes, uh, that's yes. where the excuse me, excuse me came from. She would always interrupt uh, matches, much like our favorite Teddy Long with the play a holla, holla, holla. Um, Vicky Guerrero would come out, excuse me, excuse me, and then make matches, right? She is the woman in power, the hashtag girl boss of SmackDown. And um, as this happens, Edge, who is the ultimate opportunist that has always been his his kind of gimmick he, he's an opportunist especially when he's a heel and he notices the power of vicky guerrero and he starts to move in slowly starts flirting with vicky guerrero then it becomes an all-out um love affair between the two uh vicky guerrero and edge having a great partnership you know you you, you know edge from his partnership with lita his partnership with the brood his partnership now with Beth Phoenix, I believe that the apex of Edge's power came from his partnership with the voluptuous mm -hmm. Vicky Guerrero. The Cougar. You forgot. The Cougar. Cougar. That's right. It was a Cougar storyline. All right. Well, so that, see that, I don't know. That would have been nice to know. Um, but Batista taking the upper hand, having just countered Edge's spear, hits him with a great looking spine buster. I really like Batista's spine busters. I think it's one of the better things that he does. Not that he does anything bad, I guess, but, um, and then this is when I find out it's a no DQ match edge hits him with a gnarly low blow. And, uh, so then I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. I, like at first I thought that it was over then. Um, so moving forward, we get this nasty, um, bump undertaker eventually just kind of lingers around the ring. Is this like, leading up to the time where his hips were shot and he couldn't do anything or. Uh, so this is right around that time. Yes. Um, <laughs> flashback to 2006. I thought undertaker was done in the ring. I definitely thought he was done around this time. Uh, and, and he was, he was moving a little slower. He actually, like when I watched this match on Friday night with Jasmine, I was kind of impressed by how he looked because compared to now against Goldberg or somebody like that, he looks so much better yeah and it and it's interesting because it's a it's a you know three-way match but it was definitely just it was never a three-way it was edge edge and 
Batista doing stuff or Undertaker and Batista doing stuff is actually a Batista show, um, which would make sense. He's also the current heavyweight title holder, and he wants to make sure that they don't um, take it from him without him having a say in the matter. But Undertaker does get edge up onto his up in the air like he's going to hit a power slam. Batista spears. I say spears in uh, quotes. It wasn't the best. Because um, I clearly he didn't want to hurt Undertaker or something like that. But then Undertaker drops Edge. Batista tosses Edge outside the ring. Undertaker locks in this arm bar on Batista. Looks really good. Batista not throwing his hips into it. Like he could have just thrusted his hips and got where he needed to be to grab the ropes or something like that. A little disappointing Batista's technique there. Um, but so you immediately assume Undertaker's going to win because he's got this thing locked up. And you hear the bell ring. Wow. All right, match over. What, what's going to happen for the next seven minutes? Turns out Undertaker lets go when he hears the bell ring, but Edge had grabbed the bell and rang it. Perfect, cheeky, shit heel move. I loved it. Um, was not expecting that. Um, this is the point where finally somebody gets a chair. I was like, it's a no DQ match. As soon as I found that out, why do we not get chairs sooner? Why do we not get tables sooner? Why are we not using everything to our advantage? Poking eyes, hitting nuts, kicking nuts. Um, fish hooking people like you got to go after these guys if it's a no DQ match instead of just doing your classic wrestling stuff nobody takes advantage of the situation I think anyway Edge tries to uh, doesn't go well he tries to go for a concerto on Batista Batista again the ever intuitive wrestler that he is kicks the chair into Edge's face I believe that was the first time ever Batista has been called ever intuitive uh, <laughs> as a professional wrestler hey uh, these are insights are mine and mine alone. They do. Not I, I enjoy Batista. I, I will tell you, I enjoy Batista. Um, I did not think he was that great when he debuted. He ended up being a pretty decent to good professional wrestler. Always uh, showed out in the big matches. Uh, not always the smartest character. Uh, I think you didn't like Deacon Batista. I, I did not. I did not. Of all the stuff I've seen of Batista, I like his character. Uh, obviously, I'm, we're getting a cherry pick on, on certain things and stuff. But um, so he does counter the concerto. Um, and then we get, like I was saying, you get it's Batista Undertaker or Batista Edge, never really the other way. Um, so it's Batista and Undertaker going after it. We get a tightrope spot from the Undertaker. Again, Batista being the intuitive person he is he knows what's about to happen and when undertaker leaves that top rope what does batista do he catches mark and hits a massive spine buster beautiful a plus from batista um and this is where things start to get a little weird all right (laughs) all of a sudden the camera pans to the ground where edge is laying and now he has um He's multiplied. There are two edges laying on the ground. <laughs> There's right in front of the announcers. They don't even know what's going on or what happened. Um, I don't know how they didn't see it happen. I was really, really curious about that whole situation. Michael Cole is confused as all get out, but he continues to work, not thinking anything of it too much. Um, one of the edges then gets, or edge then gets in the corner to do a kind of a, Move looked like a flying nothing off the top rope. Uh, Undertaker catches him, choke slams him, but it was in fact the wrong edge. So then mm. edge or fake edge is sitting on the end in the corner. 
Batista and Undertaker then start having this really cool back and forth counter countering their moves and all this sort of stuff. It ends with Batista taking a tombstone on top of his head from a seven foot tall man. And you can clearly tell that Undertaker is now about to become the heavyweight champion of the world. Until Edge, another Edge, comes in, hits him with a chair twice, and then Edge steals the pin on Batista. One, two, three. Edge, the cheeky shit heel that he is, is now the heavyweight champion. He's walking up the ramp, and then there's three of them. I don't know where the third one came in or what he was doing or why he was there, but now there are three Edges. I don't know if he forgot to, like, you know, do something in the match. They never make a reference to why there was a third one because we only ever saw the second one get choke slammed. Undertaker looks really confused. Um, and Batista is, is still catatonic on the mat, just kind of like quivering around because he just got dropped on his head. Um, did, did you recognize who the other two edges were? Uh, I, you only got a face shot on one. I thought one was Christian, um, but I couldn't tell because they were literally – like their hair was, it was a good camera, good producing. So you couldn't see who they were. Mike, yes, I'll, I'll give you a hint. There's a, he is the face of GCW right now. Yeah. He is the king of GCW. Cardona. Yeah. One was Matt Cardona. <laughs> I didn't even know Cardona ever had long hair. And the other one was Kurt Hawkins, your favorite, uh, <laughs> your favorite taco <laughs> eating man. Um, yeah. So it was an okay match. Um, it, it needed a lot more. This is not, there are some matches you can literally pull off the internet, watch, and you just get into it and you know what's going on and everything like that. There was just way too much story. And normally I like storyline, but like there was way too much like in-depth story crap going on to really appreciate what was happening. I don't mind if there's not a lot of like amazing wrestling going on because if they're telling a good story in the ring or whatever, um, it was not great you could tell that undertaker was just kind of going through the motions a Present. little bit. Um, at one point he had, and I actually wrote down Mark is gassed. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. He had the absolute worst kick out in quotes I have ever seen when Batista was t- doing a pin attempt on him. Literally. I don't even think he got his hips up off the, the mat to do a kick out. He li- I think he literally just like, flicked Batista with his fingers and Batista like rolled off of him. It was fucking atrocious. Um, it was terrible. Again, it was a, they got it square on the camera. Like it wasn't a side view or anything. So it looked terrible. Um, so it was probably a good thing that Undertaker didn't become the heavyweight champion. Uh, I, for some reason, I think he did after a little bit and then him and edge kind of had a back and forth. Well, so, ending- so what, what happened was edge, stole or got the title from Undertaker. Somehow we didn't hear how the Batista got the title from Edge, which is why this three-way happened. Again, Michael Cole dropping the ball a little bit on giving me some context of what's going on. You know, eventually the Edge actually had a pretty good Hell in a Cell match with uh, Edge uh, with Undertaker at some point. Um, I, will, I will say somebody in the, sign, uh, in the crowd had a sign that said Steelers suck and the Steelers do not in fact suck because they are playing the Kansas City Chiefs tonight in the playoffs and they are going to win. I I did want to bring that up. Uh, And that was one of the reasons why I picked this for you. Um, There was a lot of of Steelers memorabilia around the arena and one guy with a Steelers sucks sign. 
Um, how were they in 2000? Uh, was it was it 2008? 2008, yeah. 2007 this took place. Okay. How, how were they that season? Um, 2007. I want to say the 2006 season is when the Steelers and Browns played each other in the playoffs and the Steelers won. Um, I mean, they were always decent. The 2005 season is when they won the Super Bowl. Um, so they were good, not great. I think 2008 is when they went to the Super Bowl again. Okay. This was the this was that weird year when the Colts won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was. This was peak Ben, like career wise. So they were they were, made the playoffs every year. I mean, we beat the dog shit out of everybody in that division the whole time. All right. Well, well, thank you, Mike. Um, we will try to alleviate that. I've got some ideas and, and we will talk about them, about who we will have on as our focus next week. Um, so let's let's get to cookie. All right, for the strong style, Cookie, uh, you know, this was originally going to go to Mike. Mike, uh, I'm going to call you out. Uh, Mike is not the biggest fan of Eddie Guerrero. Mm. Mm. Mike told me this yesterday, and I I said... I told you this in confidence. Um, Please don't say this on the podcast. (laughs) That is blasphemy. It is blasphemy. Hey, you know, here, here it is. Here it is, boys. He doesn't do much for me. Oh, God, I just that hurts. It's Mike. not my style. It's just not. How is it not your style? He's like a perfect technical wrestler and I mean, a high flyer and, and one of the greatest heels ever. One of the <laughs> maybe we haven't watched enough Eddie stuff. Maybe I we have had a Eddie. Didn't we have an Eddie episode? Hey, we need to look yeah, back. We may have no, different strokes for different folks. Eddie Guerrero. I'm not saying I hate him and I don't or don't like his work. It just he doesn't do it for me, man. That is because blasphemous. He, would you consider him a vanilla midget? No. He's not vanilla. <laughs> I guess he would have been a mocha midget. Right? <laughs> yeah, mocha maybe. <laughs> that is blasphemy. We need to have a show called Wrestling Blasphemy where we all just <laughs> say our blasphemous takes. Hot takes. Like I can talk about how I think Finn Balor is the next thing. And then, you know, Tober to beat my ass, you know, <laughs> and Mike can talk yeah, about well, how he doesn't like, like Eddie. Next thing, what has Finn Balor done lately? Not nothing. I'm looking and I really did think that we had an Eddie episode. Um, we, not have. we have not had an Eddie episode. Well, maybe next week we've we got some Eddie matches, not a full episode dedication, though. All right, so Cookie, you have got one Eddie Guerrero against Edge in a no DQ match from SmackDown. Cookie, did you watch this uh, live? Yes, I did, because I can recall uh, a couple of spots, and I'll get to it in a bit. But I really thought that this podcast was going to take a different – it was going to go a different path, and it did not go the path that I thought it was going to go. Explain. Oh, well, I mean, Mike said the blasphemous statement that he said, I'm not even going to regurgitate it because I don't want to hear it again. (laughs) Okay, just making sure. Eddie Guerrero um, doesn't do that much for me. Exactly. What 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 that man just said. Um, Mike Mauer does not care about brown people, is what he yeah, just said. Essentially. <laughs> and, uh, they do frog splashes off the top Who make their whole culture just on Eddie Guerrero? I literally wrote down, this is why I love Edge and Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> 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 and I 
literally stated, like, you can't put them in a box. They're versatile characters, you know? Like, Eddie... Look, Eddie transitioned from a chin lock to a hurricanrana off the top rope to his luchador style where he can walk the top rope and do a hurricanrana. And then Edge can hit you with the, the big power moves, and then he can do a splippy shit, and he can slow it down and be technical, and to top it off, they can both be hardcore. They're versatile. They can do it all, anything you ask of them. And Eddie is one of the best heels ever. Ever. You know what we should do? We should take Mike to the Starlight Flea Market, drop him off yes. in the middle and be like, this man hates Eddie Guerrero. And then run off and leave him there. It's like that scene in, in Die Hard 3 with uh, with, with Bruce Willis him. having to walk around Central Park or yeah. walk around Harlem with the cheese board that says the N-word on it. I don't hate him. I just think of Eddie Guerrero like I think of Breaking Bad. Like everybody's all about it. And I'm just kind of like, okay. Mike, there are two people in Latin culture that you did not disrespect, Eddie Guerrero and Selena. <laughs> Those two people do not they both disrespect. died young, too. Yes, yes. They will go to the grave fighting for Eddie Guerrero and Selena. I promise you that. Mike, I, I don't know if it's for me and Tolbert, especially like we got to see Eddie Guerrero as this skinny guy with a mullet. Like working fun matches on WCW, like I remember him 1994, 1995, being on WCW, like just having fun stuff, but he was tiny. And then you kind of see him kind of inflate over the years and then become yeah. Eddie Guerrero for SmackDown, which is a, a jacked up short guy, you know, but he's great. Yeah. So maybe that there, there's a little bit of nostalgia uh, glasses on with that. I don't know. But Mike, uh, I, I for once, I'm going to say you're wrong. <laughs> Straight up, my opinion though. I'm not. I'm not trying. No, to no, make no. Your opinion else. is wrong. I'm not trying to make anybody else feel the way that I feel. I'm just letting you know that he doesn't do it for me. No, 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 no. It, it, so um, I, I don't know how to alleviate this, uh, Mike. It, it is a that is a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> oh, good lord, man! And there's so many good matches, Aaron. I really hope you take give Mike a good match next. Change week. my mind. Change there's, my mind. So many I can think of. Eddie Chavo, Eddie JBL, Ed, just geez, Eddie Brock. You can give him Eddie Brock, the, the really big moment that he had. It's, there's so many. Anyway, I'm going on. <laughs> this might be the first week that I get any kind of response on people like messaging me on Twitter or yeah. Instagram to just tell me that I'm a fucking idiot. Just calling yeah, for his resignation from the podcast. Cancel Mike. Cancel Mike. <laughs> Hashtag. I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't. Like, he's so good. That's that's literally what I say the whole time. I just don't get it. Why don't I get it? He's so good. But, like, it's just whatever. I mean, we could I, – I, I would say <coughs> – yeah, I don't know. All right. Anyways, Cookie. I, I'm going I'm to go ahead. Yeah, Eddie. So, Eddie is on a mission in this match to rearrange the pretty face of Edge in this no disqualification match. And – um, you know, this was a, during a time where uh, this was a, a very confused cookie. So I remember when this CD came out, the Forcible Entry CD. <laughs> that sounds so yeah, uh, like it would not be good. Now, it sounds like something that would be canceled. Yes, it, it should have been. It really should have been. I, you know, this is this is during a time where Cookie was listening to some of everything. Bone Thugs and Harmony. He was listening to Eminem. Tupac, Biggie, Kanye was starting to gain some traction. And then you throw this CD in there, and I started listening to some of the people I've never heard of before, like Disturbed, 
Creed. <laughs> hey, thank God Manson. for forcible entry. I, I'm going to tell you. And Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie was another one that I listened to for the first time because of the CD. Drowning Pool, Kid Rock, Drowning Pool. Creed, Limp Biscuit. Our no. Lady Peace. I don't know who Our Lady Peace did. A, a, I'm, I'm trying to remember who Superman's they did. The dead, this was eighth grade for me all day. No, but I, I'm trying to think of who they did for uh, WWE. It was eighth grade. I was in eighth grade. I called it. Marilyn Manson, Union Seven Dust, Saliva, Saliva. Monster Magnet had one. And Cypress Hill. That. That's awesome. Yes. Wow. That's that's a lineup right there, dude. Oh, and dope. Were dope a part of the uh the family? Uh, Tolbert? Tolbert? No, no, I don't think so. The yeah. Dope was not a member of the ICP Juggalo crew. No, no. It was is this considered metal? Was was this a metal it's thing? It's considered no, new metal. New metal. In you metal. In in you. Yeah. Not new. In you. New metal. So this, oh, okay. So I had a cousin. So I was into like hipster music, like the Strokes and like uh, the Hives and kind of all that like hipstery music. And I thought post that punk. I was better than you were everybody. in the post punk. Yeah, I, I thought I was better than everybody. But my cousin, who I watched wrestling with every Monday, his name was Cam. Cam only exclusively listened to new metal. Mm. And Cam Cam is the person who I bought uh, December to Dismember with. So just just for reference. But Cam and I like I I had a secret thing where I'd be like, Cam, let me borrow that corn CD. Like, let me oh. like I didn't want to admit that like I enjoyed some of the new metal. Let me get that life is peachy CD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the guy like standing over the bucket. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it was good stuff, man. So it's a different time. It was a different time here. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to the countdown. Cookies, top four, number one. The referee taking ladder bumps. And, I mean, the ref really ate the top rung of this ladder. And, uh, like, there was no putting your hands up. No. And, uh, I think this referee, his name was Mike Sparks. Usually I know names of referees just because. I didn't know it either. Before. Never heard of his name before. I think it was his first and last day on the job because he <laughs> yeah. legit ate that fucking ladder. And, um, yeah. Number two. Number two, we get an edge sandwich, but instead of two pieces of bread, he's in between two ladders. And I don't know what was worse, the helo on the edge sandwich or edge taking that uppercut and flat backing it on the ladder. Neither of them look fun, to say the least. Cookie. Yes. The father of Mike Sparks was Dave Hebner. What? He is the son of Dave Hebner. He's in the Hebner family? He is oh, a Hebner. That's a shame. Well, I imagine that his, his reference career did not last that long. Uh, 2004. Two years later. Wow. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. This was this was during a very like toxic period in WWE. I feel like correct. Yeah, this was this was Randy Orton shitting in bags. Period. Yeah, yeah, and and JBL bullying people. Yes, this was a very rough time. Tough enough was like on the up, and Miz was probably getting bullied and thrown in the trash cans. I, Miz was uh, not just on Real World at this point, or Road Rules. Did anyone watch Real World? When Miz I did. Was yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, I hated that guy. You hated him. Did yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you imagine that he would become a WWE champion? No. 
10 years. Um, it wasn't until like, I, I think he was in like a couple of the challenges. Do you get, did you guys ever watch that? The challenge Jasmine and I are, are all caught up and we watch the challenge <laughs> frequently still. I used to watch it. I don't, I don't watch it anymore, but I used to. it does. Uh, it does better numbers than AEW. The challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Damn. That's, that's a number right there. They're doing better numbers than AEW or AEW just isn't that. I don't know. Never mind. We'll continue. Number three. All right. Edge's neck at this point was hanging on by a fucking paperclip. Had to be. Because did you see the head? his head bounce off of that mat? Yes. Yeah, that, that sunset flip off the ladder was just a gnarly bump. Um, probably an unnecessary bump in 2002. And, uh, and then Eddie, you know what Eddie said? Hold my beer. And he took a backdrop onto a ladder sitting in the corner and damn near broke his neck. All of this for for nothing. Literally, there's no title on the line. It's just 2002. We think SmackDown is better than Raw. And those motherfuckers took that shit seriously. And they really put on a show. And that's why I loved, I loved SmackDown during this time because I thought it was 100% a better show than bringing back old Goldberg and... Triple H with his fucking weird mustache. The weird time. It's a weird time for all. Go ahead, Aaron. I know you want to say something. I, 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 you know, looking back, I actually agree with that. Like SmackDown had better matches. Raw was more storyline based. SmackDown was more athleticism based, I believe. Yes. Yes. If, if I could compare it, SmackDown was kind of like, like the cruiserweights in WCW where they were just putting on fucking clinics after clinics after clinics. And Raw was weird, like Vince Russo, Katie Vick storylines. It was just a weird time. Weird time. Goldust being electrocuted. Oh, <laughs> it's fucking weird. Uh, let me go to my honorable mentions real quick. This was my favorite SmackDown set. The fist going through the glass. Yes. The, oh, my God. It was amazing. It was. This brings back childhood. I was watching every Thursday night glued to the TV. And um, man, Eddie, Eddie could do some stuff that always just seemed logically like this is what a bad guy would do. Like if he's on top of a ladder and Edge is about to walk up, he's putting his hands up and going, whoa, 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 be careful. We both could fall, Holmes. Like he's doing stuff <laughs> like that. That's, that's Eddie Guerrero for you. He's doing the little stuff. But if you watch it, it just makes sense. And it, it, it's, I don't know. It's just he's a great wrestler. Let's just say that. he's a great heel. Also, that drop kick into the ladder from Eddie, chef's kiss. Yes. Chef's kiss. So I problem. think one of those uh, bumps was actually the bump that broke his neck, correct? Ed, or Edge or Eddie? Edge. It probably broke his neck. I, I believe like, I, Jasmine was doing research on Friday night as we were watching these matches. One of those was the one that actually put him out for a while. And I remember that time because Edge was – I was like, where the fuck did Edge go? And he was gone for like a year and a half. And then he realized like, and I was like, what bump did it? And then you think about it, it's like all those ladder bumps that he took. I swear to God, it was a period of like five years from like 1999 to 2002 where Edge was just taking unnecessary bumps. He was doing ladder match after ladder match. It was insane. So I'm not surprised that his neck went complete. Yes. And I'm kind of surprised that he's honestly back in wrestling right now. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Some noteworthy signs from this 2002 match. Keyword 2002. Eddie mowed my lawn. And the mode was misspelled. 
M O E D. Eddie mowed my lawn. Eddie Moed. <laughs> my lawn. Eddie stole my mullet. Yes. And uh, this one really wasn't a sign. It was just someone in front holding up a copy of a Playboy. I don't know yes. why I thought that was hilarious. It was just you could just see is it China like just on the Playboy cover and yes. just spinning it around. Yes. Oh, 2002. You can't get away with stuff like that anymore. All right. Number four. Edge said, all I need is two ladders to get this match over and get it over. They did. Uh, the Impaler DDT off the ladder to the end of the match. It looked great, but holy fuck, Edge was taking like, like I said, insane bumps for a five-year span. And I think he maxed out his bump card with this match. I was going to, yeah, like uh, like you said, he was gone for, I think, a year and a half after this. And then he had his long run. And then once again, he had neck issues. Um, man, it's, it, it, it was, it's crazy to think about that um, because, I don't know, just those bumps that they took back in the day, man. I feel like they don't, they don't take bumps like that anymore. Probably to save the wrestler. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> just to save them from themselves. Cause uh, yeah. Edge and Eddie did some crazy stuff, man. And Eddie was, he was tiptoeing balancing on the top rope. Like he's Ray Phoenix. Uh, just two amazing wrestlers. It wasn't a five cookie classic because the first 10 minutes were kind of dry, but I'll give it four cookies easily. Okay. Just when I wanted to say, wrap it up, boys, they pulled me back in. <laughs> pulled me back in. And you know who they did not pull Eddie back Guerrero. in? Mike. They did not yes. pull Mike back in they because Mike hates Eddie Guerrero. Didn't say that. Mike, I can't wait till next week. I cannot wait. I yeah. hope you change your mind. I don't know. Like, but it, now, now, like the pressure is on me to pick something that Mike is going to like, like, is Mike going to like Eddie Guerrero against Kurt Angle or Eddie Guerrero against like, I, I don't know I if he wants like a technical masterpiece or a story masterpiece. Does he want to know who the real father of Dominic uh, Mysterio Ooh. is? It's That's a good one. You guys act like I don't like him. It's he's like a bologna sandwich. Like it's okay, but like I it's wow, like, like wow, that's God, racist, Mike. Mike. A bologna sandwich? You just compared Eddie Guerrero to a bologna. Why didn't sandwich? you just call them huevos rancheros or something? Or, or a torta, <laughs> or a torta? Yeah, a fucking torta. tortas are delicious. Delicious, <laughs> top notch. Mike, wow, Aaron, you have got to give him something good. I uh, now the pressure's on me. Yes. Thank yes, you, Cookie. Everybody come see the greatest show. Gather up all juggalos and roll. Everybody come see the greatest show. Gather up all juggalos and roll. All right, for uh, our final matchup of the evening, if you could call it that, I don't know what you call this. Um, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is great what it is. Uh, Tobert, every time I can get a chance to show uh, ICP's um, greatness on this podcast i try to figure it out uh so you have got the brood against the oddities <laughs> the only icp uh i could have found or associated uh this is well icp this, by proxy this is this is icp associated uh because they do the intro for the oddities don't care <laughs> <laughs> um and this captures prime young 
new metal Tolbert watching wrestling in the living room on a Monday night. Jesus Christ. Um, some of my favorite times of wrestling, the Attitude Era was amazing. Uh, this is late 1997. Um, everyone remembers Oddities. Uh, it was a stable of older uh, wrestlers that, uh, you know, now they have like a new gimmick. You know, they're they're weird, they're kooky. They're also huge as well, um, with the exception of Medusa. Not Medusa, uh, Luna. Luna, excuse me, Luna. Um, can, can you explain some of these gimmicks? All right, so you've got, uh, let's see, you've got uh, the giant Silva, which is just this huge man. Uh, he's like pushing seven feet tall. Um, you've got Golga, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Earthquake. But Golga is what was definitely the favorite of the oddities, and he's the one that got everyone else so pumped up. So he's huge guy. All he wore was brown sweatpants and like a, a baseball tee, like a dirty baseball tee. Yeah. Um, a a really uh, off-putting, like flesh-colored, <laughs> like rubber mask, but yeah. his trademark was his giant Cartman doll. Do we? Do we? Around. <laughs> do we know why he liked Cartman so much? No, I guess it was all right. So it's 1997. You know, South Park is you know at the peak of its popularity. Everyone's quoting it. Everyone's wearing South Park memorabilia. You know the you know the fans are into it at this point. They love ICP. They're loving South Park. It's a it's a different time, man. They're all listening to their cousin's corn CDs as well, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I guess it just went along with the times, went along with the gimmick. Maybe it was a fan uh, and thought it, it would just get over with the crowd, which it did. Um, and his storyline is he's obsessed with his Cartman doll. You do not mess with his Cartman doll or he will kill you. It's, it's like his little child. Um, but yeah, so you've also got the Jackal, another huge guy. Uh, then you got Luna and eventually Shaggy Two Dope and Violent J do join yes. the oddities. And yeah. You saw them on almost a weekly basis. Um, eventually, George the Animal Steel joins the oddities as well. That's late, much later on towards the end. Uh, I even think we got Sable in there at one point. Yeah. Like, I, 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 it was just a group of special, special people. Special people. But the they were so over. They didn't even really do anything when they came out, but they were so over when they came out. They just kept letting them come out and steal the show from week to week. Uh, but another, um, a lot of people liked them. I'm not a huge fan of the brood because of the uh, the sexy vampire thing. I love Edge. Oh. I love Edge, Gangrel, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about the brood, uh, but it's the entrance. I just want to say that, Tolbert. That's <laughs> all we is, love. That's the best part of the brood is the entrance. Beyond that, it's like okay, you got Edge, you got Christian, you know, and they did some good matches and they did some good heel work as well. Um, so, I gotta... would you describe them? And this is how I was kind of talking to, to Jasmine. It's a mix between Interview with a Vampire, Blade, yeah. and The Matrix, all Which in one. All popular at, at the time. Very uh, much. They just kind of combined all that, and it's like, uh, what's his name took the Matrix gimmick. Edge. Uh, Christian and oh yeah, <laughs> Christian and uh, Gangrel took the the uh, interview uh, with the vampire, homoerotic vampire look. Yeah, <laughs> kind of puffy um, shirts. Yeah, puffy shirts, Seinfeld shirts, pirate shirts. <laughs> but uh, all right, so the oddities come out, they pump up the crowd. You know, uh, they're having a good time doing what the oddities do. Uh, the brood comes out. Uh, they come out in typical heelish fashion, man. They don't even want to take off their matrix jackets or anything man and they just go right to town um 
Gorga quickly, uh, Golga quickly gets the uh, upper hand because he's just so big, man. He's tossing everyone around. He's doing, you know, he does these off the top rope elbow drops, these atomic drops, all kinds of stuff, man. And they're beating up on him pretty good. And mind you, this match is only uh, like four and a half minutes long. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit of action, you know, the brood getting thrown around until the Healy cheeky edge steals Golga's Cartman and uh, holds him hostage. Did where, not respect uh, his authority. No and it automatically just distracts him. He's worried about his giant Cartman doll. You know, Edge, what's Edge going to do? He's going to rip the head off. He's going to bite it with his vampire teeth. What, what's he going to do, man? <laughs> uh, Luna quickly comes to his rescue. Uh, but the whole rest of the faction is distracted by what's going on outside, leaving uh, uh, going to take a, a double DDT from the rest of the brood leaving uh who was it gangrel that pinned him i don't even see that's just so yeah so fast. I think it was gangrel. yeah this match is i think it was just you know uh crowd was getting you know kind of tired go back out there pump them up kind of thing you know that's what the audience did week after week um it, it was great man it's just a, a snapshot of the era for sure yeah, what, what are you looking at me like that for? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I thought you were going to follow that up. It looked like you were going to say something. No, no, okay, no, it was. Cool. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, great times, man. I probably watched this, and then I went and listened to my Cold Chamber CD. Oh, Cold and, uh, Chamber, yeah. And wrote my girlfriend a letter to drop off in the second period. Mm. Yeah. Signed in, uh, like, you, did you did you keep a vial of her blood, like, in, in your necklace? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to line up my, uh, my, uh, my outfit and my hemp rope necklaces for the... Uh, Ooh, the puka shell necklace. Yeah, no, not puka shell. The hemp rope with uh, the mushroom and the glass bead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Did your mom wallet. know about this necklace? Um. Yeah, she knew about that one. But I, you know, I had certain uh, t-shirts I would I would hide and change when I went to school. You know. Yeah, I still do that with dancing t-shirts. Like if I have a dancing t-shirt or anything, I don't let mom see those t-shirts. I had the corn, the anime, the anime animation corn T-shirt. Yeah. With the girl walking up the. Well, no, that was a different one. There was the old school one even before that. You know, that all had him with the big anime eyes type thing. It was very, very lame. But I thought that was the coolest shirt ever. I believe it's pronounced anime. Whatever. Um, But yeah, Google corn big eyes T-shirt. Yeah. And it'll bring back some memories. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Simpler times, man. Simpler times. Was it? It was. I, 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 have a, I have a question for Mike. Mike, were you a puka shell necklace type of guy? Yes. Uh, I did not have a puka shell necklace. I did rock a couple of different necklaces back in the day. Yeah. You were a necklace wearer. I, I, man, I, I have seen pictures. Tips too, man. <laughs> frosted tips. Yeah. Oh, I even red one time. In fact, I think the, the this match probably dates me having bleach blonde hair for sure. Me too. Yeah. How, how stupid is that? Yeah, it was just it was just what you did back then, man. No, no, no. Think about that. How stupid was it that I bleached my hair? Yeah, it was a little stupid. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, I'm thinking about that now. The logistics of that and it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. So You're when I bleached my hair, instead of my hair getting bleached looking, it just turned orange. I was about to say <laughs> this had to turn like green or orange. <laughs> yeah, I looked like I was in the latest, uh, or, or not, not the latest, but I looked like it was in in the Scream franchise. You know. It, it, it was a different time. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other stupid things I did for fashion sake, but that, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I had a WWJD um, bracelet 
And there was there was some like, did you ever have one of those WWJD bracelets? No, no, I didn't. It, 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 of course, what would Jesus do was the uh, thing. And, and the what you were supposed to do was if anybody asked you, what did WWJD mean? You were supposed to give them the bracelet. So as a way to prosthesize, uh, you know, your, your religion. I did not. I never gave mine away. I'm like, eh, it's Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, because everybody knew what that meant. Well, not not at the beginning, not at the beginning. You got to remember, I'm older than you, Mike. There there was a time when kids didn't know what that meant, and it was this time. You telling me kids didn't yeah. know about Jesus in the nineties? Oh, they knew about Jesus. Oh, but they didn't I, know what he would do. Yeah, what what would he do? <laughs> oh, should I get to the haiku? That's what yes. Jesus would do. He'd write a yes. haiku. All right. I want cheesy poofs. <laughs> <laughs> sexy, sexy vampires. Oh, the late 90s. Oh, the late <laughs> 90s. Indeed. What is that? Oh, there it is. There it is. That's the corn t-shirt. Is that the corn t-shirt? Yeah, oh, my God. One. I totally remember that, and yeah. it was so bad. My cousin had that shirt. Yeah, I wore it like every other day, dude. Cam, uh, uh, if you're listening, that was the shirt that you wore at my grandma's house and my grandma was offended by it <laughs> by the the anime characters they look the demonic anime, the anime new metal characters that one of the japanese cartoons yeah that's demonic all right so uh all right so we could have gone for a golga john tinta themed episode which would have been fun uh we could have gone with a eddie we, Eddie, uh, we we are gonna go with an Eddie episode now that Mike has, um, you know, revealed his prejudices. Yes. Uh, so we're gonna do that next week. No, I'm sorry. So well, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say we could have had Batista or Undertaker as well, but yeah, anyway. Batista would have been interesting. Undertaker would have been interesting as well, but it it sounds like uh, we are going with an Eddie Guerrero episode. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make. Mike watch Eddie Guerrero matches, and then we're going to take him to La Horta for some cultural, you know, softening up. I love La Horta. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to have to wear a cheese board that says "I hate Eddie Guerrero." <laughs> I don't. I don't hate him though. It's, it's whatever. Uh, all right. Well, well, thank you for listening to Two Dollars Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, next week, Eddie Guerrero and the, the the saga continues with Big Mike.